Does anybody know what's that app called? My wife has had cleaning help that she wanted to speak to, and there was language barriers. So they've done Google Translate, where she'll say something, and the help, the wonderful person will do Google Translate, or this this person who assists us, this person, this human being who speaks a different language, they'll speak it. My wife will Google Translate. They, they communicate through Google Translate. I want to do Google Translate for the Hever, introducing the first, we're going to be Zaycha to hear some Divrei Torah from Rev Powitz, from Rabbi Stern for a few minutes. In introducing Rev Powitz, I want to do a Google Translate and something that was mentioned in Yeshiva in the last in the last couple of days, and I want to do a little Google Translate. Let me try, let me attempt. I think for many of the Hevra need this Google Translate because, because of the way I see the Hevra operate. So tell me if I'm accurate, and Josh, tell me if you agree. There's a Chayvis Halvavis writes that if you have two businessmen doing parmachia, doing, doing business, they're, they're doing business, so he describes how to make money and how somebody can get richer and the short of what he's saying, I'm going to jump, he gives a mushal, I'm going to go right to the nimshal, right to the thing itself, I'm going to ignore the mushal. If one person becomes great for himself, so he gets a certain amount of schar, he gets a certain amount of reward, he became great, he served Hashem. Another person assists other people in serving Hashem. So his schar is multiplied. He's a smarter businessman. Avram Avinu was a smarter businessman than somebody who just made himself great for himself. Because now there are more mitzvahs on his ledger, so he gets more schar. So a smarter businessman. So this chayvah salvavis was said over in yeshiva. And if I know a lot of the chevra, it didn't resonate at all. The Messiah Sisharim talks about people, different types of people and what motivates them. And he talks about Shleimei Adas. I have a friend, we've, we've spoken about this since we're 18. So for about nine years, we've spoken about this conversation. Thank you for not laughing. We've spoken about this for nine years. For many, many decades, we've been busy with this Messiah Sisharim. Until today, I'm not sure he describes different people who need to be spoken to differently, and he calls these people Shleimei Hadas. I don't know if it's a higher Madrega or a different type of person. Could somebody be born a Shleimei Hadas? Is it different ages and stages? I have seen in the yeshiva, I don't know the answer, but I have seen in the yeshiva many guys behave like Shleimei Hadas. Abacher asked Rai Sonnenshine in the Q&A that we have with him Sunday, is life just a video game? Like do a little more schar, less schar, more points, more points and less points. And the guys function like Shleimei Abdas. I've known this, I, what? So I'll, I'm not going to say what it means. I'll tell you what the Messiah Sisharim says motivates them. The Messiah Sisharim says that Shleimei Abdas, which means some perfection of thinking, Shleimei Adas, he says they're not motivated by Schar and Aina Shuri. He said it doesn't work. I have noticed to say here, well, if you get others, more points. Everybody's looking. It, do, it doesn't move the room at all. The room, when the room's like, uh, more points. I don't know for such like points type of guys. That's really, by the way, in God's head, what has to do with me? 
I don't keep the scoreboard. You know, you always have the nerd in baseball who keeps the scorecard. It's like a rare guy. Almost Howie Rose, I think the Mets announced the last guy in the world who keeps the scorecard. They write down, you know, a ground ball to pitcher throw to first. Johnny, fir- pitcher to first is? One to three, of course. Pitcher one, catcher two. First, we tried once and got it all wrong, but okay. I don't know. I, I was never a nerd. Johnny wasn't a nerd. Yeah, it's confusing. It's all off. The nerds, you have to find the nerd to find out. But whatever it is that scorecards, a human being doesn't keep scorecards. God does. Hashem, the Svasemis, in certain cases, they're beautiful pieces. The Svasemis was written for Shleime Adas. There are cases where it describes the schar and the einish, and the Svasemis says, what do we care? He asks, what do we care? That's Hashem's cheshven. Why are you telling me? So, and he, and he, he explains what, what it matters to the human being. We don't keep the scorecard. Hashem does. We're not good with the scorecard. So, so here, here where we have this Chavis Halvavis, Chavis Halvavis wrote it, this the Chavis Halvavis Arishan, perhaps Rebbeinu Bachia, wrote the Chavis, we're not 100% certain, but written by Arishan, the Chavis Halvavis, from the great Musas firm, the treasure of our people, and he makes this Cheshbin, and the Chavis Halvavis was written for Shleime Adas. What does that mean? So I want to do Google Translate for Shleime Adas. And I think what I'm about to say will resonate by the guys much more than saying, well, you're a better businessman because if you do great, so you get a certain amount of money. If you get double the people do mitzvah, so you double your reward. And I, I don't see that. It doesn't capture the room, though it's true. There's a place called Schar, called Oilam and there's Schar Vainash. And it's true more Schar. It's a truth. That's a very deep truth that there's more schar. Why it doesn't motivate Sakasha? It's true. What do you mean? Because you're ignoring the truth. Somebody can ask, why doesn't it motivate? I'll, I'll, maybe I'll explain. May, I'll attempt to explain that in a couple of minutes, why that doesn't motivate. But it's true. There's a world called schar, and you get more schar, more people. So you're almost funny not to be motivated. Are you ignoring a reality? It's a reality. So you say you're short-sighted? Shleimi Adasa, short-sighted, it's the truth. Think a little advanced. 50 years is garnished. The older you get, 50, I think about 50 years now. 50 years matters to me. As you get older, more years matter. I think about what will be in 50 years and even 100 years. When I was your age, my Rebbe would talk to me about 100 years from now in a very serious way. It got me very uncomfortable. It doesn't get me uncomfortable anymore. It's a very interesting and important question, 100 years. So Elam is very real, and Schar and Vainish is very real. And if you more people, more Schar. But to Shleimei Adas, like it doesn't mean anything. I'll, I'll try to explain that in a, in, a, in a couple of minutes. But to Google Translate to Shleimei Adas is if you love somebody, what do you do? If you love the Melech. If you have love of the king, what is your behavior? How does it look, the lover of the king? The close relationship. I'll give an example. If you love, if if you love anybody, you love anybody you appreciate and love. The tendency is to get others to love as well. That is the nature of loving somebody. The guy comes home from camp and loves his counselor. He says, "Ma, my counselor." His mother's like a nice mother. She's like, "Oh wow, so nice." He says, "No, ma." He gets frustrated. You don't understand. What's he frustrated from? 
because he really loves his counselor. And when you have Ava, the nature of Ava is you want somebody else to love. That's what happens. You love something, it's, it's almost bizarre. If we like a food, by the way, which is a strange type of love, you just love yourself, you don't love the food. Whatever that is, you appreciate something. I could tell you honestly, there have been things I appreciated, I would get frustrated if I couldn't get somebody else to appreciate it. I am, when I was a little kid, my grandmother served us Fig Newtons. Nobody ever calls it Fig Newtons in, in 80 years. On some trips recently, I've gotten nostalgic. I've seen they started selling kosher Fig Newtons around. It reminds me of my Oma. So I like, I like getting the guys, but it's very annoying. I have to make sure it's sensitive guys that will appreciate a Fig Newton. Now, I promise not about, it's just appreciating my Oma. A Fig Newton, when you went, did you, did you Fig Newtons, they're very good. You, you, they're, they're just good. You have in your room, bless you, so I love you. I love you. One day we're going to have a Fig Newton together. So I'll just be honest. I'll be honest. It's not a pretend. I like getting the guys, but only if, if a guy's not going to appreciate it, I'm going to be very like, frustrated. Don't pretend. I won't buy it for you. No force. But I, if you get it for the right guy and he eats it, it's actually okay. It's like this funny stuff inside a cookie. It's not about the cookie. It just reminds me of my grandmother. Fig Newton was like o- older people. There was like a plate of Fig Newtons when you visited them. Johnny's Baba for sure served Fig Newton. It was just... A fig Newton was an old cookie. It was interesting. But the bottom line is, is the nature of appreciating something is you want others to appreciate us. Just what happens. And if somebody loves the melech, the real ava is not going to be that they're going to just hog the melech and make, alienate everybody. How would that feel to the melech if you, how would you feel if you really love the melech and you were a good servant, but you turned everybody else off to the melech, it would bother you. Your instinct and tendency in loving the melech is to produce more ava for the melech. That's what you would want. That's what happens. You appreciate somebody, you want others to appreciate. Just all our loves and appreciation, that's what happens. That, it's very instinctive and natural. So the oyeves melech brings others to love the king. The Google translate that we say you get more schar, Avraham Avinu wasn't counting schar. He wasn't counting schar, because when Hashem told him schar, he said that I'd rather more than smatitin li I want your service more than schar. I want people serving you. I want children, more people serving you, more than schar. Schar is wonderful. Avraham accepts the schar and gets schar. But deeper than schar is I love you and want a relationship and I want people serving you. I want children. I want future people serving. The nature of love and appreciation is to bring more in. When the Chayvis Al-Babas writes there's more schar, the Google Translate for Shleimei Adas is that if you love somebody, bring people in. That's what you do. That's the instinctive to love. The more schar is speaking is, is, is the muscle for that truth. Now, the reason Shlemi Adas aren't motivated by Schar is because they're actually just in touch with the deeper reality that all of Schar links to this. When we speak about Schar, we're talking about living with connection, relationship. Olam Abba's delight is, is, is the most profound satisfaction of connection, of meaning, of purpose, of everything that you are being crazy with. The Shlemi Adas are more in touch with the thing itself. The lower is not as in touch with the things, so they, get, they're, they're, they can live the mushal. Shlemi Adas don't do well in the mushal. 
A lot of people who struggle on this earth in schools are not Adas. Schools thrive on the mushal. Shleimei Adas, the mushal means nothing. The little kid's like, what? Like, get me out of here. He's not in, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't resonate. It doesn't draw in. It's a lot, I don't say all, there's a lot of Shleimei Adas. That, it, that are here, so when they hear lines about getting more people and more schats, what saying is that ava and connection and relationship is much more profound. The person who's part of an army and bringing an army and bringing unity and bringing more people connected to Bariyalam is much greater display of ava to the melech. Avram was a massive, Avram Ahuvi, was such a display of Ava that he brought in so many. What a, what a connection. What a connection that he brought in so many to Ava Sashem. That profound connection. As such, there's more schar. That's the peerish of schar. But it's Shleimei Adas are motivated by that. So I felt like a Google Translate of this Chayvis Alvavis for Shleimei Adas is of course, there's more schar, but of course... But there's more schar is, is reflects something. It reflects what an ayiv, what a lover of Hashem would do. A lover of Hashem would not just serve Hashem, he would bring people closer to Hashem. He would bring people. That's what an ayiv, that's what a lover would do. A matter of a fact, we have a tzivoy deraisa, the avtas Hashem lekecha to love Hashem, and you won't be shocked that the Gemara Yuma Pezayin says, Sheyeheshem Shemayim Mishayim al Yodcha cause others to love Hashem. That's what lovers do. They bring others to appreciate as well. They want others to appreciate this, this, this that is precious, this that's valuable, this that's important. That's the nature of love, and that's the vart to bring others. Is, is, is Avas Hashem most truly demonstrated? Of course, is to loyally serve. But as well, to encourage others, that's the Ayyiv HaMelech. One who loves the king and alienates others from the Melech is a sign of Melech Rabbeinu Yoyne writes. Hates the king and loves himself. He uses the king for his stature. The true Ayyiv HaMelech, Avram Avinu, brings others to love the king. So that's the Google Translate of that that was quoted here. I feel it's an introduction. That somebody for years, Hever from us, have gone to Yeshiva Imre Bina for years. And we've seen B'nai Tyre, it works. That Yeshiva works. We've watched it for years. Repow it started the Yeshiva. I was Zaycha to meet him many years ago and saw the process and put tremendous Avaida. And many of our Hever, many, many of our Hever have gone and become lovers of the king from that beautiful yeshiva. There are guys sitting here that became tremendous B'nai Tyre that developed in beautiful, sophisticated ways. So the first thing is there's gratitude to Repowitz for the work that he's done, that he did tremendous things for so many chevra, for chevra that are sitting here right now, and for many of our friends, for many B'nai Tyre and Klal Yisrael, tremendous, tremendous spreader of Abbas Hashem, People have grown. That's an extremely productive place. And Rav Powitz built the place and was, was there from the start building the place. So the first thing is gratitude on the past. The second is brachas for the future. Rav Powitz is here and meeting Chevra. There's a new yeshiva, a beautiful new yeshiva beginning that I believe many, many Chevra are going to stay tremendously from this new yeshiva. I don't know the name yet. As of yet, it's a Powitz's Yeshiva. That's the name right now. Yeah. 
I don't think so, but it, there'll be a name. There'll be a name. There'll be a name. There'll be a name, and it's time. The Chevr is trying to name. I hear. I, I hear. But um, Lemaisa, Lemaisa, right now, it needs a name. It's interesting. When I, when I started a shul, so somebody was busy asking me what name you want it to be. Now, I'm not denying, sometimes there are different ways. My sense, I didn't care the name of the shul. I had a picture of what the shul, I told the guy, call the shul Potato Kogel, I don't care. I care what it is, not what it's named. I do want to say a name matters. Shma Garam, a name matters. Maybe I was younger, I said any name, a name matters. A name tries to say what we identify. Very interesting to me, different yeshiva's names. I'm very curious about it. I find some names, I never named the yeshiva that I was, I, I named the dorms, I never named the yeshiva, and Baruch Hashem, somebody, the yeshiva has a name, somebody donated money, that's a, people give their own names, they're always like complicated to me, when you name a name, let's, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to pick any issue, like you say, Toyras Emes, there's something, wow, like really, do you feel that way, like, it's complicated, you give a name, they almost just say, we're trying. If you ask any Breslover, are you a Breslover? They'll never say yes. If you ever want to check out if somebody's a Breslover, ask them, are you Breslover? Nobody, no Breslover, no true one holds us, say, I'm trying. But they'll mean it. If you know what Reb Nachman was teaching, he taught beginners, and people say, I'm trying, I'm trying. If a guy says, I am, you know he's not. It's just a good beginner, if you ever want to find out. Any real breast of it just is trying, is hoping. So a name of yeshiva is fast. Now, every name, I'm not making fun of any name. Every name, every yeshiva is an aspiration. It's a dream. Very fascinating, the names of places, of shuls, you know, do we have a monopoly on this? Are we trying for this? We're also this complicated. You call Tyra? We're also Tyra. Another place yet of Tyra. It's interesting names. What? But of course, we mean that this is, this is our dream. This is our hope. A name's important. Be'ez Hashem. It will yet have a name, but it will have a very, very Hashem name. It will have a shame type, no doubt about it, because the rebellion that clearly that are building it are people that are, that, that, that respect Bachram, that love Bachram, that, haven't, that, that have all the values that are precious that for yeshiva to have. So our bracha, our akar satayv for the avar, and our bracha for the asad is tremendous. Siyata dishmaya, a new makam tayr is exciting. It's a big zchus. It's a big zchus, a new makam tayr is exciting. So to me, there's a tremendous chaos. My, my brachas should always have chaos. Should always have chiyas. We've started, I, I took this job six weeks ago. I became principal. I think it was five, six weeks ago I took this job. You have to restart yeshivas over and over. Not with changing, everything was bad, everything was great till now. Therefore, we're opening it again. Because everything was great. And chiyas, chiyas, that there's a freshness. The yeshiva should have dairis, years, decades of talmidim with the chiyas. Always ever reopening, ever new, ever fresh. It's a, without further ado, a long introduction, but a lot of appreciation. Shri Adirektar from Rapao Shlita. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Rabbi Sai, Rabbi Stern and I were in Eretz Yisrael yesterday. We were in Yerushalayim, Rakhaydish. And I'm telling you that when I come to this place, I feel like I'm in Admas Kaidish. And when I look around, what I see is the future of Klai Yisrael. And I see each of you holding a torch. And I tell you that the light from your torches is what lights the world. And where's that fire from? Where'd you get your fire from? Who's the fireman? The fireman sits next to me. 
And he lights your fire. He lights your fire and helps you access that fire that lies sometimes dormant within each one of us. Each one of us truly has a fire inside. And what I see in front of me are so many fires lighting the world. And I want to tell you about another Rebbe that you might not have heard that much about, but he was Nifter yesterday, the Gadol of Gershon. I want to tell you one thing about him and about his, the way he was a Rebbe, because I found it so touching. Rav Gershon, does the other know who Rav Gershon was? Yes, everyone know, knows who he was? No. Some yes, some no. Some yes, some no. So Rav Gershon Edelstein was 100 years old. My son was Zeichet to be in his chair when he was in his deep 90s. He showed up every single day. And he said shir to, to children and their fathers and their grandfathers. And he's, he said shir for like 80 years in Panovich Yeshiva. And here's what's interesting, though. I have someone in my neighborhood. I live in Harnof. And there's a Rav called Rav David Yosef. His father, you might have heard of, was Rav Ovadia Yosef. When Rav David Yosef was in Panovich, he was the only Sephardi there. There were 500 guys there. He was the only Sephardi. There were 80 guys in Rav Gershon's share. And Rav Gershon would speak Yiddish. That's the language he spoke, and that's the language he gave share. And when he found out that there's a Sephardi guy in his share, he changed to Hebrew. He changed to, Lush- to Ivrit because he cared about that one guy. That one guy that was in his shir, and it was extremely unpopular in those days to say shir in Yiddish, but in Hebrew. But he didn't care because there was, a, there was a Sephardi guy who might not know Yiddish. So he cared about every single Talmud. He cared that much about every single Talmud that he changed the structure of his shir. And he lit Rav David Yosef's fire. And Rav David Yosef is now the, Rav, the Sephardi Rav of Harnof. And we just had Chag Matan Tayoseinu. And you might wonder why... We were given the Torah. We know Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai. You know that Moshe Rabbeinu was there at Har Sinai, but everyone else was there as well. And it's curious because a lot of the people who were there didn't gain too much from it. You know that we we heard a little bit of it and then we fainted. And, and Moshe Rabbeinu had to, anyways, basically translate the whole thing. He had to Google Translate, if you will, for the whole of Klai Yisrael. He had to Google Translate the whole thing for the whole of Klai Yisrael. So what were we even doing there? What were we doing there? if we anyways needed the whole thing to be taught to us. It was really, he taught it to Yeshua and further. So why did all of Klai Yisrael have to be there? So the Torah itself says, it was to uplift you. It was in order to uplift you, that's why you came to Kabbalah Satira. The reason why we were there, the reason why every ordinary person was there, was to be uplifted. Hashem made each one of us a Navi. He wanted each one of us to feel awesome and to associate Taira with an awesome feeling. The feeling that we are, before we went to Kabbalah Satira, He told us, you know what Hashem told each one of us before we went to Kabbalah Satira? He wanted to uplift us. He wanted us to feel awesome. So He said, I want you to know who you are. You are a fire. You are a fire. Every single one of you are a mamleches kaihanim and a gai kadaish. That's what He told us before we were in Kabbalah Satira. He said, we are a mamleches kaihanim and a gai kadaish. You familiar with the words Rabbi Sai? Can anyone help me with that? Mamleches koyahanim v'gaikadosh v'yatem deulim Mamleches koyahanim v'gaikadosh Mamleches 
Because he knows, he knows that if we feel that we are a Mamleches Kayanim, that we are a Goy Kadosh, if that's our association to the Torah, that we are a worthy nation. We are worthy of lear- learning Hashem's word. If you feel that about yourself, you're going to learn Torah. The Arachayim HaKadosh says that if, if people would feel, not just be aware of, but feel, Margishim, Bimesikos, if we would feel the sweetness of the Torah, they would go crazy after it. If you felt the sweetness of the Torah, then you would be interested in nothing else in the world. And why is it then that sometimes we don't feel the sweetness of the Torah? Why is it sometimes a struggle? There could be a lot of answers. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one, and then I'll close. The Gemara Masechah Sanhedrin, it's on Daftadi Tess, says that a person who learns his Torah and doesn't chazer it, is like a woman who has a child and buries that child. So, of course, that means that it's important to chazer, right? But think about that, that mashal, right? Whoa. Think about the... What is that? Whoa. Just whoa. <laughs> Just whoa. So, so think about this. Like, it's, it's a kind of... The imagery is, is heavy, right? It's heavy imagery. Because having a child for a woman is ecstatic, right? It's the, the most wonderful simcha. But... If the woman then buries that child, that simcha, that ecstasy, is transformed into mourning, into sadness. So what we're saying is that limatayra, the natural condition of limatayra is ecstasy, is ecstasy. But that condition can be transformed into tragedy if you don't master what you do. So what you have to do is master your learning. If you master what you learn, then the natural condition of learning will be ecstasy. And if a person doesn't realize that Torah is about mastery, it's about connection with the Creator, if you don't take it that way, then the greatest of all simchas can be transformed tragically into mourning, into disaster. The Gemara then says, more imagery. The Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Akiva, this is found in Daftadi Tesam and Aleph and Sanhedrin. Amr Avikiva, Zamar Bakal Yoim, Zamar Bakal Yoim, sing every day, sing every day. What in the world does that mean? What's that got to do with Chazaring? So Rashi says that, have you seen musicians? I'll say it in my words, but this is based on Rashi's explanation. Have you seen musicians ever go, go to a Chasana and you see that the guy who's playing keyboard is not only playing better than you can possibly play, but he's even carrying on a conversation while he's playing? Isn't that an incredible? Right, because they have, what do they call it, Rabbi Say, Muscle memory, correct? You've heard of it, right? What did you say? So you've seen this type of thing, though, right? That they, they do it on a very high level. They're, they're capable. An uman in Lashen Kaidish is related to the word emuna. 
Right? What's amuna? Amuna is faith. But when you have faith in Hashem, it's not just in your head. It's in your gut. It's a gut feeling that you know the truth. You know the truth. And Uman is someone who doesn't just have his profession in his mind. He's got it in his gut. It's beyond his mind. They've practiced, you know, they, they estimate, anyone here know uh, Outliers? Anyone familiar with the book Outliers? Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell, okay. So, so Gavaldic, the, the most famous parak in that book is the 10,000-hour rule. You almost familiar with that one? Sure. Sure. So he claims in that book that if you do something for 10,000 hours, you will master it. You will master it. It's based on research that shows that most, um, the original research is that most concert uh, musicians, if they're a soloist, by the time they're 20, they've practiced for 10,000 hours, which is incredible. If you think about it, they've, many of them have practiced on average eight hours a day or more from the time that they started. And by the time they're 20, they've practiced for 10,000 hours. Now, it's been demonstrated to be not quite true. The 10,000 hour rule is not quite true. But what's always true is that they practice, in order to become a master at their craft, they always, and there's no exception to this, they've not found any exception to this, they've always practiced again and again and again. 10,000 hours, a lot of hours if you think about it. To, to practice one piece, if you, if you play, any of you guys play, I'm sure many of you do, if you play the same piece a hundred times, a thousand times, they're willing to play the same piece thousands of times until they have it perfectly, until they don't have to think about it, until they don't have to think about it because it's seared into their brain. It's seared into their brain. It's that deep. So Zamar B'Kalyayim, Zamar B'Kalyayim, Rashi says, learn from pro- professional musicians. Do you see how much they enjoy what they're doing? But do you see how well they've mastered what they're doing? Do you see the effort that they're willing to, to invest in their craft and how awesome that makes them feel and how they can do it effortless, effortlessly? When they get to a certain level, it becomes effortless. So learn Tyro with that type of attitude. I'm not a dabbler. I don't dabble with this thing because this is my life. This is my life to get connected to my creator. And there's no feeling that's better than it. This is the most awesome feeling that you're going to have in your life when you master learning. When you master learning. So learn from professional musicians. Zamar b'kalyayim, zamar b'kalyayim. Means just like if you were a musician, you would be playing your music every day for eight hours a day. When you learn your taira, go for mastery. Go for mastery. Don't be a dabbler. Be a master. And if you are a master, then you will feel the greatest delight and wonder and pleasure in every moment of your learning. So Rabbi Sai, I hope that every single one of you will become a master. You'll become a master of every aspect of your lives. You'll become a master at being a great friend to your friends, a master child, a master son to your parents, and a master sibling to all your siblings, and a master davener, and a master learner. Master everything that you endeavor. Everything that you do, everything that you touch, become a master in that endeavor. And in that way, your lives will be enriched. And you'll enrich all those who are around you as well. So, Zamar B'Kalyayim, Zamar B'Kalyayim. Sing every day, Rabbi Sai. Sing the sweet song of Taira every day of your lives. Don't dabble, master. Do it so well that it's etched into your mind and it will become effortless and wonderful and your, ex- your experience of learning will be the most delightful and wonderful experience imaginable. I thank you so much for listening, Rabbi Sai. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Rabbi Before we are stern, I wanted to share something that Rabbi Shapiro, we, we learned something with the fathers the other day, and I wanted to share a pshat. Yisrael and I were stuck on a Gemara. Yisrael, Shlomo, we had a chevra that was learning a Gemara. We were stuck, and Rabbi Shapiro said a tremendous pshat that I want to share with the chevra. The Gemara says, Yosef Dov, the Gemara says like this. The Gemara says that you could have a, the Gemara calls it shuffle. We'll quote like the, the Rishonim seem to say pshat in the Gemara. It's interesting. The word shuffle means low, a laziness. You could be lazy and lose. You could be lazy and gain and get schar for your laziness. So the Gemara is talking, there's, there's a minig Yisrael not to work Arab Shabbos. There's a minig Yisrael not to work Arab Shabbos. I was Zaycha years ago. I, was very, I had a good Shaykhist to Rebbitz and Brim. I learned by Reb Chaim Brim once a week. I was very afraid of him. Unhealthy fear of big people. There's a healthy fear. I had an unhealthy fear, but I was close to his Rebbitzin. I mustered the courage and had Shaykhist. I brought my wife to his Rebbitzin. I brought my mother in law. I brought my grandmother. I brought, so I went with my grandmother to Rebbitz and Brim, and it was Arab Shabbos. It was a summer Shabbos. Shabbos wasn't until about 8 o'clock, very late. I came after 12, she was panicky. That you're traveling after 12. I lived in San Ejim 15 minutes from her house if we walked, if we taxied a five-minute taxi. It was 12.30, it was, it was in the 12s, and she was like panicky, wasn't, she wasn't happy with me. That Erev Shabbos, you're like going around, it's Erev Shabbos, like it's after Chatzais. There's a minig Yisrael, a chash of a thing, not to work, Erev Shabbos. So the Gemara says, you have a lazy person who doesn't work the whole week, but works on Erev Shabbos, that's a lazy person who's going to get punished. But a lazy person who doesn't work Erev Shabbos, who doesn't work the whole week, and doesn't work Erev Shabbos, is going to get schar for their laziness. Now Yisrael and I did not understand the Gemara. That's a Gemara. We, it's a Gemara Psachim no Beis. We didn't understand the Gemara at all. We didn't understand either fellow. Remember two people. There was one lazy guy who doesn't work the whole week, but there's a minute Yisrael to get Rebetz and Brim. He works Arab Shabbos. Who is this dude? The Gemara says this lazy guy doesn't get rewarded. Bad lazy guy. Doesn't work all week and he works Erev Shabbos. Yisrael and I were trying to like visualize he's a sicko. He like Badafka, when you're not supposed to work, he works. Yisrael said he's a hater, I think Yisrael, he's a sine. What? Who is this guy? We didn't understand that guy. And then it says somebody who doesn't work all week and doesn't work Erev Shabbos, Chetzrar. They by accident, and the reason that, not just the Shaloi Lishma, it doesn't bother me. People do mitzvah, shaloi l'shman yitzchar, but they did the mitzvah. This person didn't work. It wasn't for, they did not work for the mitzvah. It's not shaloi This They're not even, it's, it's less than misasik. They, they accidentally, like they didn't work because they're lazy. All week they didn't work. But they also didn't work Arab Shabbos. So the Gemara says you get schar. That's, and the Gemara praises the laziness. They were lazy and didn't work. What happened to this fellow? They were lazy and didn't work. That happens to be their laziness, like, ended up doing them well. It bothered us. Now, you could say, schar works fine. The Gemara, it's a scorecard Gemara. He did nothing good, by the way, this guy. 
So he was lazy. Now it happened to me while you're lazy. Somebody's stam lazy and pumped into an Avera. Now there's Gemaras. Somebody doesn't do an Avera gets her, but they didn't do the Avera. Here, lazy, like what's it saying? It also is a square card Gemara. Shleimei Adas again struggle with this Gemara. What did you teach the guy? He was just lazy. So what are you telling him? Just you should know. It was good you were lazy. It was bad he was lazy. Well, Erev Shabbat, what's the Gemara saying? So listen to what Shapiro said. The cash, I don't know if it bothers you, and you could answer me that there's schar. You should know while he was being lazy, he got schar. I'm not, that's a square card thing. The Gemara taught us nothing. Because there was nothing for him to do, so I learned nothing about him. I just learned that when you're being lazy, sometimes, like, ding, 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 I hear, I hear. What's wrong? What's the matter? There's no, it's not relevant to a bus of a dumb. It doesn't matter. No, but it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to the guy. What have you taught a human being? In every single person ever is lazy, any guy is lazy, you should know while you're lazy, you're not doing it out there. You'll hear what he's saying. It, nothing is taught. I don't think it teaches God how to keep score. I don't think so. I don't think Gemara is written for Bnei Adam. You taught a human being nothing. I hear, I hear, I hear. I, hear. I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. So, <laughs> so Rabbi Shapiro said like this. He said like this. He said. <laughs> Right, Shapiro said like this. You'll t- you don't have to agree to him. This Google is- translator. Right? That's what I hear means. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're a sincere guy. That's what I hear means. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, Shapiro said, "Pshat." We'll see if Tyler's masked him. Let's get the other guy. Who is this guy who doesn't work all week and works erev Shabbos? Right, Shapiro said he's not a hater. He didn't work all week. He was lazy. It's a normal guy. The end of the week, he's like, oh, no. And he quickly starts working. The week's about to end. There's a tendency to work at the end because he didn't do his work. All week, Avi, the guy was somewhat lazy. The end of the week, he freaks out, which is normal. So Yisabdobi quickly starts working on Erev Shabbos because he freaks out. So that's a person, he says, whose laziness, they end up working and they, that it was bad they worked at the end. So they get no schar. They were lazy because they were lazy that the, the job wasn't done. At the end, they're like, oh no, and they work like crazy. They weren't a rush of working purposely on Shabbos. The job had to get done. There was a week to do it. They lazied all week. Friday, there's a taiva to work. That person's laziness not just cost them a week of not working. When they worked on the day, they weren't supposed to work, so they get no schar. Comes the person who gets schar, he was lazy all week. So you heard Rai Shapiro says, brilliant. He said on Friday he has a taiva to work. So he actually wants to work Friday, this guy. He's, cra- he's bugging, he didn't do his work. And he says, because I'm lazy, I won't work. He uses his laziness to fight off the taiva to get the job done. This guy is a taiva to work on Friday. But he, because he has to get the job done, because he didn't work all week. See, he has the bug out. So he uses, he says, you know what? You know what? I'll be lazy. I'll be lazy. You know what? I'll be lazy. He said, he said, right, Shapiro said that he, Reb Chaim Knievsky said on himself that he was a lazy person. And people think, okay, that was his teva, he really conquered it, he was the masmed ador. Right, Shapiro said brilliantly that he's convinced Reb Chaim wasn't like a 
given to hyperbole, his words were crazy measured. He didn't say I was, he said I'm a lazy person. And Rav Shapiro was convinced that he used laziness not to do Aver, not to, he was a big masmid. Somebody, there's gishmaka things, he don't think he had a temptation to find out. He said, eh, I don't like running around anyway. He used laziness for every right reason. It's a Gemara sukkah. The Gemara says, I praise lazy people that stay on Yantiv and don't go to their Rebbe because they're with their family. So you can be Mishtamish in something which people call a Midorah. This guy all week was lazy, it wasn't a good thing. Erev Shabbos, he has this crazy pressure to work, then he taps into laziness for the right reason. So he gets, he did something with his laziness. He fought off the tendency to, uh-oh, the bug out to work. That's what Shapiro said. I thought then, Chazal are taught, teaching you something, that he has a midorah that we, we would identify as a midorah called laziness. He could use it absolutely to serve Hashem. I once gave a Bacher credit for not going to oppress the place. He said, I'm just shy. Don't be impressed. What do you think God gave us shyness for? You use shyness right. Excellent. I'm proud of you. What? We have things that are very, very powerful and good. We have all different midas knowing how to use it. Laziness could be wonderful when a guy taps in when there's a Yetzirah and he says, oh. And he, he tapped into a laziness, a tendency not to do an Avera. That's why we were given laziness. So Ray Shapiro said there's a shuffle Veniskar is telling you how to use laziness. The guy was lazy all week. Air Shabbos, there's a drive. Oh no, I'm cooked. Now as the drive to work, he could tap into what would be called the negative midam, and he's niskar for his laziness. That's all right, Shapiro. I thought that shot. We were stuck, many of us learning that Gemara around the base Medrash. Right, Shapiro said a long shear, middle of a shear, he said this shot. I thought there was something very moving that we're full of all different midas. How many midas that we put in the, in the column of bed? The Gruz brother wrote a sefer called Maila Satayr. And he says, Pshat, serve Hashem, Mishnei Yitzrecha, the Yitzatayr and the Yitzahara. He says, like this Pshat of Rai Shapiro, that serving Hashem and Yitzahara is midas that we associate on our bad ledger. There's a place to use it, there's actually a usage. And a guy could say, yeah. And he's actually mishtamish in, in, a, in something called the Midorah. It's cool to me because kol masecha de'eyu, it's cool, meloichol Hashem's everywhere. There's no place devoid of Hashem. There's no attribute that's not godly. It's fascinating that a person could tap into something that everybody called the Midorah. Reb Chaim said he was lazy. He wasn't throwing out something. I'm sure, Rabbi Shapiro is 100% right. On bad zach and on things that were distraction, he like tapped into something. So, yeah. Uh. yeah. You're saying that any bad media can be used for the good? The Maila Satira writes that when it says Servisham Yetzahar, it means to find within that bad Mida something a quality. So how could someone channel anger for the right reason? I love that. Zach says anger. Yaakov Avinu addressed your Kasha. Yaakov Avinu said about Shimon and Levi since they had anger, they should be Rebbeim. Now, what your feet say be Yisrael? Now, I ask you, Rebbeim, you don't want anger. I think the shirish of anger is passion. You have to like, identify what anger Anger is not a bad thing in the slightest. Shaver Kalem, what you do, anger is passion. It's very secondary. It's, 
it marks something's important to you. Anger like shows you're alive. People don't get angry. I, I went for a long drive with the Bachra. I want to know what gets you angry. There's a certain flatness. What gets you mad? Like, I want to know where is marked. It's very good. It's actually a good thing now to get angry and be bekas and to shaver came bechamas is bad. To care about things is very good. So that's you have to like identify. He said they're angry. They should be rebellion. What was he saying? Clearly, there was a passion. They protected their sister. Now he's not saying they should ever express anger. Probably that care what they were angry about means they cared about this. They were like. So he said, you should be rebeim. Whoa, your achrayis, your passion shows me something. You have to like identify the shayrish of what it is. It's hard to, you know, I don't know, because passion, we're all the passion. It marked what your, what you were angry about. So it could be in that, the bad me, there's a shayrish that you're very passionate about something. That thing, your passion probably could be used l'tayv. Do you know what I mean? They were the ones, they were not, their sister was touched. They were, I've seen guys here protect a sibling, a sister, and come with such casts, so to say, it's bad me that he's being crazy. He cares about his sister. Now take out your sister. Go out with her, spend time with her. Let's go. You, you clearly tap in. You found out something about yourself. Let's go. Do you call her once a day? Do you tap into what you found out? So, Cass mark something, something triggered, something inside you, something was important somewhere, okay? That's good to know about, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to share, I thought that right, Shapiro was, that, that word, I thought it was the middle of the day that Kasha went around the base Medrash. I want to introduce that it, for many, many years, personally, I'm Zoyche, to know the Stern Mishpacha, Rabbi Stern's father, is somebody who taught, who has taught and been a principal for many, many years in Prospect Park in a girls' school. He has a schus, this Yidrei Stern, who gives dafiyay muse, been involved in the chinuch. He has a schus, his sons, one after another, are tzaddikim, are tremendous abbasatayra. The whole family is very, very high by me. I was Zeicher, Rabbi Stern's uncle, when I was a youngster, was a very big mentor for me. A matter of fact, my decision to come to Waterbury, I had a big shaila in my life. Should I come to Waterbury or go to the yeshiva I grew up in? My Rebbe, who I was close to, wanted me to be a Rebbe in his yeshiva. And I was Mesopic Waterbury, and I needed somebody to speak to. And Rabbi Sternschlitz was somebody who gave me a lot of time and was very involved in my decision to come to Waterbury. God so. bless his soul. <laughs> I could honestly say that. It's a true story. It's a, it's a true story that Reb Zalman Stern, Shlita, who's a Rebbe in the mirror, who's an uncle of Rebbe Stern here, was a big part of my decision. Somebody I trusted a lot. He's a wonderful person and wonderful mechanic who I trust. A very smart person and somebody I trust a lot. And, yeah. And he introduced me to Ray Stern's brother. I'm Zeichet Tavikesher for many, many years to, to Ray Stern here, Ray Stern's older brother, who I'm close to for many, many, many years. And the one who introduced us is this Ray Stern mm-hmm. uncle. So I want to say the, the Mishpacha, Ray Stern here, the passion, the Abbasat Torah, the tremendous ash, you talk about a fire, a fire, literal fire, a passion for Torah, but combined with hearts, with 
caring with Levasa, combined with tremendous care, is something that's the mid of Rai Stern here. Some of our Chevra have been Zaycha to learn in Etzachatayr, but Rai Stern Shlita, who's been Mechanach, all the, all the sons have this, these two midas, a tremendous Avasatayr, a passion for Hashem and his Tayr, but combined with Levasa, combined with care and concern. Uh, to me, I was very excited. Rabbi Powitz told me that Rai Stern is going to be a Rebbe in this yeshiva. I feel like the guys who are Zaycha to learn with him, to learn by him, will, will be fortunate. These two, the Abbas HaTorah, the tremendous Chiyos and Cheshik and Torah, the passion together with the care is something that, that Rai Stern here is tremendous. The brothers are that way also. Tremendous people, a schus, a tremendous schus in the family. So I want to thank Rai Stern for being here. I ask Rai Stern to share the great Torah with you. Just to see it live, to see the Nesinas Atera many times you hear. I see the guys that come here to Israel, and you can see how they were impacted. And now I finally come to here to, to see to see it live, to see how it goes in, to see how the fire just comes out and goes into the Talmidim. I feel like I'm just sitting here and it's going into me. It's, it's, it's incredible. And also to say a few words to the to, to the Chashur to the Chevra. Also that um, you know, even at my stage, it's good to hear compliments. I really appreciate that. And like, like Rabbi Kedosh was saying, it's really, it's the Mishpach, it's my parents, you know, and then... Um, it's just fascinating. We just we just flew, we just flew, and it's you know I live in, I live in Yerushalayim. So to get to Yerushalayim these days, the best way to get to the airport is to take a train. The train's about twenty minutes. So I came onto the train, and there's a yid on the phone, and he goes like this. Okay, so I stand next to him, and believe it or not. You know, he says, you know, you're coming back here. For sure, I said, no, no, I live here. I said, where are you? He said, unfortunately, he's coming back. He just buried his father. His father's Nifta, Erev, Erev Shavuos, and he's buried his father. So I'll talk a little bit more. He's a Ben Yachid. His father just moved to Eretz Yisrael two years ago. You know, he was originally from Eretz Yisrael. And, okay, so, it was range, uh, somebody came over for tzedakah, Asking for tzedakah, and he's thinking he's asking the guy all these questions. He's going to go straight to your sister, you know. He's collecting for a chasana, and he's thinking he's debating. He says, "Okay, it should be Zeh Kanishim." He says his father's name. He gives him a two hundred shekel bill. Fine. We come to the airport. I'm sitting talking to Rabbi Powitz, and he comes. The seat comes over, and he says, "I'm shikha b'simcha. I'm shikha b'simcha. I am drunken with happiness." So little. A little modern for somebody who just lost his father. And then he starts to explain. He says he's a Ben Yachid and he's a regular Yid. He's, a, he's the only child. His father wrote a will. His father wrote a second will. His father came to Eric Tissot and wrote a third will. His father was worth about $10 million. And the third will, he cut his son, only son out and all his grandchildren and gave it all to his sisters and brothers. And he said he was sitting there saying Kaddish. And he was like, I should say Kaddish now? He's like, no. It should be a little nishmas my father. And he said, I'm shikha b'simcha. 
that I can give to my father that he didn't give to me. And I was like thinking like, I, I stood up for him. I said, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know to, I don't know where to put myself. Like, he's like telling over the story like, 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 yeah, this is, he's shit good for something. He's drunk with happiness. He's a regular yid. A regular yid, he's, you know, he's telling me a little bit of a life story. There was nothing like uh, that's jumped out that you would think. And like, yeah, no, this is what a yid is. This is like my balking story. And that's, this, is what, this is what he was up to. And, and he said that. And then, then he explained. He said, and the guy asked me for tzedakah, Leil Nishra's my father. On the, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, what should I, shouldn't I, how much should I give him? And he's like, I decide I'm giving him, you know, the full 200 shekels. He's like, that's what, that's, that, that, you know, that's what I'm going to do for my father. And don't worry, I, I know, I started thinking maybe it's a full school, maybe we could fight with it, but like, you don't want to hear any of this stuff. <laughs> he was like, he's a Molly Simcha. But yeah, I was like, you know, some starting Yeshiva, maybe. You know. <laughs> but but the, the, this is what, but, this is what I'm your soul, this is what you're not up to. Like, like I, I, I couldn't believe it. It, it, it. It's an amazing thing. And very, it was very, that was like, like the, the first uh, inspiration that you see. Very often, we're just talking to one of the boys, we're talking about that. Akadosh Baruch Hu, sometimes, you know, you dive in, you want to hear Akadosh Baruch Hu talk to us. And Hashem talk straight. It was amazing to me. I, the, this, the, the, we were talking in the car on the way over here. Rabbi Powitz and I, and Rabbi Powitz starts telling me the marshal of the Chavis of Abbas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we sit down here, and then she was like, yeah. I was like, like, like sometimes I thought Baruch was being very straight. <laughs> I just want to say just, just, just a message, you know, because I don't know where everybody is, but in Amisol, we lived with the times. You know, there's always a time going on. There's Elul, there's the winter, there's always a time. And the highlight, you know, like from Pesach after Shavuos, the highlight is, is we build towards Mount and Tyra. And on Shavuos we get to Tyra. And then these 40 days, it's not very clear what are these 40 days about. You know, what, what, what's these 40 days about? So the Alshech HaKadosh, he, he, he asks this question, but he points out a fascinating question. By Mount and Tyra, HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to us. But Moshe was, took us another 40 days to bring down the Luchas. There's a difference between a dibur when Hashem speaks, and the actual is that Torah coming into Olam Hazer. That the luchos was the, the, the physical re- representation that Torah was yurid min Hashemayim to this world. And he says Am Yisrael was not on the Madrega at that time by Matan Torah. They worked very hard from Yitzhak's time to Matan Torah to actually that the guf that the body can, can handle the Torah in this world. So it says, being around Harsinai, sitting around Hashkina, there was no Torah, just sitting next to Harsinai, just imbibing that, that atmosphere of being a part of it, they just slowly but surely got greater and greater and greater to the point that 40 days later, now they're Shayach, now they're, now they're, they're Shayach to, to bring down the physical representation of Torah, which that's something that the Torah should go into them in their physicality. So for those 40 days, these are the 40 days that, that, that a person comes from coming out of Shavuos that now come take it with us that Shavuos comes with us that goes into, into ourselves and how do you do that? says the Alshach but just being around being around being around Harsinai many times guys are around just when you're in the base Medrash being in the base Medrash that alone affects you and that's a decision a person makes 
We just know that, unfortunately, what happened, that at the end of 40 days, the Amisol did the, 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 the Chata Egel, which Rashi learns was the Erev Vabbatzim. So there were two, so to speak, influences. There were the people sitting underneath the mountain. The Ramban says the Erev Rav was outside the mountain, behind the mountain. And there was the influence of the Erev Rav. And every person had a decision where you want to make. Who do you want to be a part of? Do you want to be a part of the people sitting underneath the mountain getting their physical body ready to absorb Torah in a way that they will be changed forever? Or are you looking for, you know, that, uh, a quick fix that we're not going to have Moshe, so let's find a different, you know, some, something else to replace that, um, uh, 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 to replace that that Moshe represented. That's um, we're here, you know, talking about the people with next year, where people are going, what it is, but every person has a choice to make in life. We, we, which chevra do you want to be a part of? Is Michaver going doing every? Is Michaver doing everything under the sun? And then Michaver that 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 everybody has a good time, but Michaver that their motivation is what they're coming to do is to be, change their lives and to stag and grow. So every person you come in wherever you're going to be, just to think about like I'm going to make a decision to to take something on to to to, to make the best of my time. The Torah will go into us, you'll absorb Torah, you'll become an uh, embodiment of the Shekhinah to be shared around a person. I just want to thank everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. I really feel overwhelmed with Simcha to be around Rabbi Kalish, the Olam. I feel like I've been watching this from afar. My whole life, I've been watching Rabbi Kalish from afar. Like, they used to play basketball, I was too young to play. I just like, you know, you know, when, you know when it was on the other court, I was the annoying guy dribbling, you know, on the full court trying to get a quick shot in, and then like running away. <laughs> and like, you know, like, it took a time. And and Shem and Eretz and never had a chance. But I just watched the, 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 the representation of what he did and what HaKadosh Baruch wants from us, to always be working, to always be giving. To always be, uh, to, that, that we should see that, 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 that like Rabbi Powell said, you can see what that does to a person. People don't get great without her. People don't get great without absorbing the Midas So for years I've been watching from afar, and now I feel like I made it to the Mokayim, and I thank you very much for having me, for hosting us. And, uh, Their words, I feel like we have very, very few days left. The, the days are very few from now to the end of this man. And I feel like I have so many things I still want to learn. Doobie's walking out the door in minutes. I appreciate every day we have the opportunity. You would think at the beginning of the year, we're going to learn together every single day, yo-yo. So you would think like, okay, you know, you have time to, to learn a lot of things. I still I have things I want to learn with Doobie before he walks out the door. 
there's, there's a chazal, there's a statement, Shlomo, that I want you to, Yisrael, I want you to me- sear this on our, you talk about singing a song and getting it in our bones. There are words from Reb Chaim Belazhin that I want to share with the Chevron. These words from Reb Chaim Belazhin should be, should, could be like a, literally like a motto of our life. And I, Thursday. No. Friday, this Friday, no. But I want the guys, before we leave, you have to memorize these words. These are words of Rami, please memorize. He didn't say this once. His son said it was Murgul B'Pivavi, that he used to always, but I, Yaakov, I want you to memorize these words. Everybody, Aaron, if we can memorize, Chaim, if we can memorize these words, Chaim. Loi nivra ha'adam. Yisrael, say it stark. Loi nivra ha'adam. Loi nivra ha'adam. Ella. Ella. L'hoyel l'achriti. L'hoyel Now those words Reb Chaim Belazhin used to say often his son said in him. The words mean like nivra ha'adam. A person was not created. Ella only. Which means a person was only created. I think there's something so dramatic how the Torah speaks. In all the Chazal, like nivra ha'adam Ella means a person was not created only. Very like powerful way of saying we were only created to do for another. A person was created Each person was given to assist another person. We all have a tremendous amount to do for the next person. To energize, to ignite, to encourage the next person. A person was only created. I feel like yesterday a youth came to the yeshiva and he described the chaos, the energy in being there for others, the tremendous chaos that exists to give to others. Of course, of course, a person has to hold themselves. A person has to know that they have what to give. But the power of those words, a person was born to help another person. In yeshiva, you see sometimes a person who comes who has an invisible tendency, he's overlooked, he's not noticed. We're born to notice another person, to care about another person. And those words, that Yid spoke about the chaos, the tremendous joy in giving, the sense I was created for this. Now we all have a unique thing to give. Don't copy another person how you give, what you give. Nevardic yeshiva, stood for a couple of things. Nevardik was a fat, my Rebbe is a great grandson, his wife's great granddaughter of the altar of Nevardik. My Rebbe took on a lot of the Nevardik's teachings. One of the, one of the biggest things in Nevardik is he taught his Talmidim to chesed, they were crazy. They would give that shirt to another guy, that pants, that you gave to another person, like incredible amount of giving. That was a huge built-in to a yeshiva of Muslim, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, who the altar of Nevardik was a Talmud of Rabbi Yisrael, and really more of the altar of Kelm. His students, he pounded chesed. They were huge balei chasadim, tremendous madregas of kindness, of care and concern for other people. I want to say, Klal Yisrael lost the Gadol, who taught Torah for 80 years. I want to say something. He taught for 80 years. He was 100 years old. And he said Shir from the time he was 20. I want to speak about the kindness part of it. Here's a person who could have done a lot of things. He taught youngsters Torah for 80 years. 
there's a tremendous element of chesed that he can't, I'm sure he could have learned at higher levels, been busy himself. There's a tremendous level of Torah chesed, the greatest chesed of learning Torah with somebody. I want to tell you that I was I was in, um, I had a chavrusa for six years. It was a great chavrusa. And he was a chavrusa. I call him a chavrusa. He was more of a rebbe than a chavrusa. One day my rebbe said, I'm switching you and your chavrusa. And he made me learn with a very weak guy in the shir. A guy, I say weak, a tzaddik. The person didn't have such skills and learn. Rebbe said, you're learning. I was very upset. Me and my chavrusa were very upset. My rebbe like forced us. First Seder is like crazy. We learned with each other for six years. We loved each other. We argued. We would fight. And he split us up. And I don't know his cheshman. I, I don't know the cheshman. It didn't last crazy long. But I know that it's important in Ruchnius to care for another guy. Guys going to Eretz Yisrael, it's so important to help the next guy get comfortable also. I always, I always wonder how guys are second, third, fourth year in a yeshiva. I don't know how you're learning the first few days and not making somebody else comfortable. To me, like I see, you know, of course, we, wanted, we went to learn by Asmada, but notice another person's lot. Help the next person get comfortable. I say to all the guys that chesed is, is a yid is a yid in the first av of our nation is Avram, who's the av of chesed kindness of thinking about another person. I look at guys going to Eretz, I think about Dubi going, it's overwhelming. And I also think about the hardships at the beginning, Avila. The beginning, and I ask the guys, help the next person. Help the next person get comfortable. Watch out for each other. Be going Melchesed to the next person. I hope that we've, I hope we've given over a true Torah here. And the true Torah contains like persons created to the next. I want to keep going. I want to. I'm seeing Shloiman. I'm being distracted. I want to welcome Shlomo Guri back. To the I want to wish him Mazel Tov. Shloiman went to Israel for Shroys. Shlomo's brother Chaim, who was so instrumental here, grew here and gave here for years. Had a baby son. Had a boy. He made a bris on Shroys. And the baby's name, beautiful, beautiful, is Yisrael Guri. I assume the Yisrael, the Baal Shem's Yartzai, is on Shuas, the Baal Shem. His Yartzai, the Baal Shem, of course, his name was Rabbi Yisrael. The Baal Shem's name was Yisrael. And it's, it's fitting that such a person had such Avas Yisrael, who's leaving, who captured the entirety of Am Yisrael's name is Yisrael. Chaim, who grabs on to these waves of the Baal Shem, of caring about a Yid. The whole Hasidus Kiyadua was started, one of the biggest, one of the main fundamentals of Hasidus was the care for every Yid. Pulling in, including inclu- what? Yeah. Pulling in every Yid, the second day on Shabbos Kodesh Shavuos, the second day of Shavuos, for, yeah, the second day Shavuos, which is when the Baal Shem was, nef- was his yard site, and the name Yisrael, the name Yisrael, Baal Baal Shem, it's a gorgeous name from a family. To us, the Gori Mishpacha. To us, Shloyma's mother is somebody who's from the kindest, from the main contributors to this yeshiva's Isha Tzadekes, who gives her life hours, hundreds of hours for the yeshiva. And as these two sons, Shloyma's here giving, uplifting, caring, sharing his wealth that he has with other people, they're a family. Yisrael is an appropriate name for that mishpacha. So I want to wish a bracha to Shloima that his nephew Yisrael, 
Chaimel's Yisrael, the family should be Megadlam Lutaira, Luchopol, Lamaisim Toivim. He should be a Nachas for his family, he should be a Nachas to Hashem, he should be a Nachas to Gans Klal Yisrael, this precious Yisrael. Welcome home, Shlomo. I had tremendous hanod. We're all human beings. When we sat at the Q&A with Rai Sunshine, besides enjoying Rai Sunshine's answers, I enjoyed the questions tremendously. I felt a tremendous pride. I had a sense that there's no chevra in the world I'd rather be part of. I had that sense. Rai Sunshine, who's very honest, we're honest friends, he told me a lush, like it's the strongest he's ever seen the chevra in yeshiva. Such a lush. Tell me it's true. This true is tremendous development and the sophistication. One after another, the honesty of the conversation, the maturity, the conversation was very, very taking. It was really something special. I wanted to appreciate the whole Hevra. I wanted to say on this Achrayis, we were created to care for the next person. Here's a Godla Dar was Nifter yesterday, one of the Gdailim. I asked Rev Ezi next week to come in and be, say a hesper. Hashem so good to us that we heard one story, this amazing story. Somebody came, Hashem sent us chos. Everything sent by Hashem. Do you realize a God Hadar was Nifter and B'nai Brak? I promise you I felt badly that here we have no eulogy in Yeshiva. We're a place that learns Torah. God Hadar was Nifter. I felt badly. You could ask Rav Ezi that I asked him, could you speak today or tomorrow? And he rightfully said that let me prepare, let me, we, we were not zeichet to learn by him, and he's going to speak Be'ez Hashem next week, a Godel's Nifter, yeah, let's do it, a Godel's Nifter, there should be a eulogy in the yeshiva, something, so we'll hear, Revezi will do the research on our behalf and speak, but I thought like the Siata the Shmaya, where flies in from Eretz Yisrael, and knew a personal story, everything's Hashkoch, I thought that was rather remarkable, that we were zeichet, what you just witnessed, Hashem sends, but, where yeshiva, it's clear Hashem sent the gift to us. I feel very validated by Hashem, by the way. To me, that was a mice and noira. That a yid came in today, and I'm feeling badly that we're not having a eulogy on a gadol. And a yid knew a personal story that's amazing. He gave shir in Yiddish. And for one bacher was svardi, and he switched to Hebrew. That's, that's remarkable. I wanted it. What, what struck me saying shir for 80 years was kindness. That's what struck me. That's crazy kindness. 80 years, you could have a sense maybe after 50 to say, okay, I served my time, then maybe I'll do my own learning. Kept like teaching Tyrat to youngsters to, that were younger and he was learning Tyra and giving over Tyra. Tremendous, tremendous kindness. Ultimate chesed of teach 80 years continuously giving shir. Amazing, amazing kindness. Somebody who was a gadol b'tayra, who taught tayra, to think of somebody to fathom teaching 80 years, tayra sashem. I think from, Revezi will give, I want honest, that we, we don't like fake stories or dramatic. I want to hear, I don't, even the 80 years, Revezi will update us what years to hear the exactness as much as possible to hear. So I do want to tell Bechever that we'll be zeichet to hear Divrei Hesper, to hear eulogy. 
I do want to say of Misa Sadikim is a. You see a tzaddik min a'ir asirashim. A tzaddik leaves a, leaves, leaves a city and leaves a world. The world yesterday had a big tzaddik on the world. He was nifter preparing shir. That I know he was in the middle of preparing shir. He said a shir every single day and he was writing notes to say a shir. And I think 15 minutes later, a few minutes later, he was nifter in the middle of, he's 100 years old. He was writing notes on a shear he was about to give from the hospital bed, and his heart stopped, and he was nifter in the middle of preparing shear. Klaistra lost the giant, somebody who was a, a market shear. He taught Torah. That's a high madregabas. He taught Torah every single day. And Klaistra lost a god like that is an Aveda. We'll hear again next week. We'll have to see after the Shemaita. Yes, Abby? Our contact is not able to die while learning. It's a great Kesha. Great kasha. Avi asked, here's a God who was in the middle of learning Torah. How can the Malach HaMavis, by David HaMelech, the Malach HaMavis couldn't take David HaMelech if he was in the middle of learning. The kasha is so strong. I don't want to, I have the same kasha, Avi. I'm not, I'm not either in the middle of learning Torah. I don't know, maybe the Malach HaMavis moved the branch, ran by David HaMelech, and he stopped for a second. I have no idea. I don't, maybe stop for a second. I don't know. I don't, I probably don't know what the Metzius is. You have to also know what that means, that the Malachamavis can't take. There's a beginner that somebody learning Torah is attached to eternity. Malacha, there's no Metzius of lack of eternity when there's eternity. So yeah, that's, that means the Malachamavis is no Shlita when Torah is learned. There's no Menik that you can't. You can't be take from eternity when the person's is holding on to eternity. So there has to have been for a second, maybe distracted a big pain, he stopped. Like David HaMelech, such a story, probably was the story. But I don't know, Avi. I don't know. It's good cash. Beautiful cash. Thank you for asking that cash. Where's Shraggy? I wanna, I wanna say, I wanna say, I'm, you know, I'm coming. There, there are a few minutes before leaving, and I'm trying to like stick in Avi quickly, like another Maimer Chazal. I wanna say that Baruch Hashem, I, I view it this way. You know, somebody, a father, like sits with his son before his chasna, and says, "Quick, last minute instruction." He's walking his son down to the chup, and he's about to get married. He said, "Be nice to other people." Like you didn't teach him that before. So I want to say that everything we're talking about is kindness here. I don't know if we learned that statement. I want you to memorize that statement. I look at Shragi. I look at a Shragi Peneth. There's minutes from these going to Yisrael. So we're not going to have him a lot of next week. We're going to have him a few more days in Yeshiva. I want to say that the kindness that exists in this human being, the kindness that I see in Shragi, somebody who always has a good word for another person, the kindness, I, uh, uh, there was a story a little while ago, a bacher was getting mistreated, he stood up for the bacher. The kindness that Shragi is, the, he's an embodiment, to care for others, to do for others. He's somebody who's very good at hockey and ran a team. The delicate way that nobody should be hurt, nobody should be left out. Everybody should feel good. Everything he does is with a deep, deep kindness. He's somebody who's cool and with it. Everybody knows Shraggy Sharp, that nobody wears nicer shades than Shraggy. He's a good looking, he's a musician, a hockey player, but everything is other, another person should feel good. Sensitive and caring to other people. So I'm saying a chazal, 
I look at you and see your behavior, Shraggy, you're an embodiment of that. The kindness, the world's going to be lucky, and the world, we're unleashing a beast, Shrags. The world will be lucky. Excellent, excellent. Sorry.